Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Paula Price Show, where you can experience scripturally organic, culturally unmodified teaching, get answers to your questions, and receive powerful prayer from your host, Dr. Paula Price, author of the Prophet's Dictionary. Tune in now and get ready for an exciting time of encouragement and transformation. Welcome your host, Dr. Paula Price. All right, all right, all right. Well, good morning. It is still morning, right? It's not afternoon yet. Good morning, good morning. Obviously, I am not Dr. Paula Price, a prophet of G.F. Peterson. I'm here with my powerful PIT, Maude McCullough, and my prophet in arms, Prophet Tamira, this morning. And we're filling in for the great apostle. She's been traveling um, and has been really uh, taking territory. <laughs> She's been taking territory. She just finished with her taping uh, for Impact Network on the Majesty Show. And we are so proud of everything that Dr. Price is doing. And we're going to try to fill. We're going to try to fill her shoes today. <laughs> We're going to do our best. We're going to do our best to make our apostle proud. We want you to join us. Come on into the broadcast. Join, 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 and just begin to share and get tuned in this morning. I'm excited about what God is doing. Dr. Price has been on the road uh, really bringing her message. If you caught last week on the hard reset, man, she has been taking this message. She taught on the, the prophetic hard reset that God is doing and how we need to be prepared for the fact that we don't get a decision about this shift, that God is shifting. We don't get to say no. We don't get to decide that we don't want to shift, that literally the dynamic of the church is shifting. It is changing. She brought this message on the road. Um, if you haven't had opportunity to go back to listen to last week, you have got to go back and listen to this, y'all, because I'm telling you, God is doing a brand new thing. Um, and we've known this. I mean, if, if you're a prophet, I really want to talk to the prophets today. We got three prophets up here, y'all. We're gonna talk to the prophets today, um, you know. But if, if you're if you're even if you're an inkling prophetic, y'all, if you got a demophlos prophetic string in your life, then you know that God is is shifting this thing. He's shifting the dynamic of how we do church, um, how we do culture, and even how we interact uh, as His people with just the culture of the day. And so I wanted to chat about that. I titled this "What Every Prophet or What Prophets of This Generation Need to Know," because I. I I feel like we we have to begin to step into a genuine place as prophets. We have to start genuinely being prophets and work on our authenticity. As I was preparing for this today, God just dropped this phrase in my spirit today, and he was talking about the fact that we are not pastors. Prophets are not pastors. And I know that that sounds like, well, God, prophet, the prophet's not pastors, but but the reality is we don't know how to model ourselves. We haven't known how to pattern ourselves. And I really want to speak to my younger prophets, um, and, and that includes myself, y'all. I'm not the younger prophets, okay? <laughs> but us up-and-coming prophets, that's what, that's what I want to speak to. Because the reality is we look at the pastoral model, and that's what we've been working with for the last several hundred years, Mm -hmm. and we come out as prophets, and to be quite honest with you guys, we don't really know how to express ourselves other than from a pastoral model and what we see. So what what we become is we become preachers with an edge. So we call ourselves prophets if we have an attitude, if I have an edge, if I have a chip on my shoulder, if I don't deal with no mess, then I'm a prophet. Mm -hmm. And and, and, and couple that with if I see a few visions, then I have a few dreams, and I can give you a word, then we define our prophetic that way, that our prophetics are just that that what makes us prophets is that we have an edge or that we're sassy and that we have an attitude but i i'm telling you today god is shifting that 
and the real prophets are emerging on the scene, and, and the, the authentic representation of this mantle is coming out on the scene. And I wanted to chat about that. I got two prophets here who want to talk about that today um, because I, I think that we have to step into our own role as prophets. We have to understand how to put our prophets' skin on and literally express the attributes of this mantle the way that they have been designed. First and foremost, you are not just a speaker with sass or an edge. You have to get that mindset out. You are not a difficult person. You know, a prophet is not being is not defined as somebody who's just hard, rough around the edges, difficult to deal with. And you use your your prophet's title to excuse that kind of expression. That's not what makes us prophets. That's what makes us prophetic people. Um, so I want to kind of dive into that a little bit this morning. Um, and I want you guys to put your thoughts on the screen for us, too, because we want to talk to y'all. <laughs> we want to talk to you guys about just what you have um, what you have previously believed is an expression of your prophet's mantle, because in order for us to take territory and ground as God in this next move, we're not going to be able to do that unless we actually know who we are and what we're trying to accomplish. God's prophetic reset is not about more of the same. And how about this? It's, not also, it's also not just about us being louder about what we believe the word of the Lord is. It's yeah. actually about us being able to take authority and move God's mandate forward. Jeremiah 1, when God begins to speak to Jeremiah about the call in his life, and I want to hear from, these, from you guys about what your thoughts are on this too, but when he begins to speak to Jeremiah about what he's going to do, what's interesting is, yes, Jeremiah was about to go and deliver the word of the Lord a series of times. I say that because a lot of times, even on this program, we've talked about the fact that prophets don't just exist to prophesy. Although Jeremiah's mantle and the expression of his ministry was heavy prophesying. If you've read through the text, you know that the he repeatedly, the word of the Lord came to me and I, the word of the Lord came to me and I. But as I was looking, looking at his words and just looking at how, the expression of his ministry, what I realized was that the knowledge that Jeremiah had about where God was taking this next move was everything. It wasn't, see, we get caught up in mechanics. So for us, when we're dealing with prophets, we're like, well, if they can give a word, then that validates them as prophets. If they can communicate really clearly and boldly and brazenly, then that's what makes them prophets. But God was showing me that that's mechanics. What made Jeremiah a prophet was his message. What made him valid as God's prophet, y'all, was the message and his knowledge and his know-how of the will of the Lord. When you look at Jeremiah 1, he first tells him, what do you see, right? So he begins to explain to him, this is what I see, and this is the word that God gave him. You have seen well, for I'm about to perform my next move. I'm about to move on my word. And then he asked him, what did you see again? It was Jeremiah's literal, literal DNA to be able to see into the things of God, to be able to know what the knowledge, the will, and the intents were of his God. We're missing it as my modern contemporary prophets because we're caught up in the mechanics. So if I'm charismatic, if I'm not afraid, if I'll tell you your business and all those different things, then that makes me a good prophet or that makes me a prophetic candidate. But what I believe that God is shifting us into, and Dr. Price has been dealing with this with this reset, is actually knowing what makes us who we are. Why am I an apostle? Why am I a prophet? For prophets, our message and the fact that you know what the will of God is, what the intent of the Lord is, and the knowledge of his plans, the knowledge of what he intends to do, that is what makes you his prophet. I don't know. What do you all think about that? I love that I, because I think one of the uh, 
essential foundational principles of being a prophet is being a carrier of God's wisdom. Yes. And so I think for Jeremiah, he was, you know, carrying God's wisdom, but also carrying God's wisdom for the future. Yes. And I think that that is a, um, a definite dominant, you know, feature of a prophet. Absolutely. To know what God is, to carry his eternal wisdom, also knowing that particular portion, he was carrying God's eternal uh, wisdom, but also carrying it to the future. Carrying it to the future. And I think that what you're saying as far as that pastoral mantle, they, uh, in this new era, we don't know where God is taking us. We're we're saying, you know, what's happening present. And I think that was... um, also something in our uh, TPTI that we discuss a lot, yes. we are for the future. And so when you look at uh, Jeremiah and his prophecies and all that he did, he was bold, he was courageous, he was God's spokesman, but he was a spokesman for God's future. Absolutely. He knew what was happening next. As, as prophets, it's not our responsibility to oscillate and to dwell in what's happening in the now. We've got to know what's next. That's very important for us as prophets. So when people ask me, you know, we deal with prophets all the time. I have prophets that will call me, you know, we're doing prophetic advisements, and prophets want to know what their role is. They want to know where am I supposed to be. I tell them, you've got to be in God's next. It's about trying to, and that's where knowing the will of God is so important. The thing about it is it's nothing to speak. Okay, to, to speak, you've learned how to speak since you were a child. You know, it's nothing to speak to. To use your mouth is not something that you have to be trained to do. Most of the time we have to be trained to shut up, yes. as Dr. Price would say, okay? We have to be trained to be quiet, to hold our voice. You don't have to be trained to use your tongue. You know how to speak. What you have to understand is what am I speaking? It's very important that when a prophet speaks, that you're speaking from the mouth of God. See, we say that, y'all, but I'm not sure that we really understand the weight of that. Something Dr. Price said when we were in uh, Juliet this past weekend for Prophetic Ed and Juliet, she talked about the fact that a false prophet or false prophetics are speaking that which God did not say. I don't, I mean, that hit me at the core because I don't know how much of us are willing to admit that we operate in false prophetics. And the reality is if you're a prophet and you're not hearing accurately what God is saying, then you're speaking from that which God has not said. We have a responsibility to clean up our prophetic act. We have to clean up our prophetic behaviors, our prophetic postures, and God is giving us an opportunity to do that right now. What say you, Piatti Mars? I think one of the things we have to look at is coming to a standard. Mm-hmm. of who he is and what he's saying. Mm-hmm. He's bringing us into the next, but he's also showing us what he's not pleased with now. Absolutely. What's getting cleaned up, what is preparing you for the future, even if you can't see it. The idea is hearing the voice of the prophet to say, this is what's on God's mind, this is his plan, yes. this is where we're going. So being able to stand flat-footed and yes. speak that without any hindrances is what we're asking prophets at this hour. The hard reset is about a, a shifting us to the point we're not operating on individual gifts and expressions, but we're operating on the mind of God of what he wants for his people, what he wants for the future, what he wants to come. Oh, absolutely. You know, Malachi 1 speaks to that. I was researching that in preparation for today. You know, Malachi 1 deals with how they thought that everything was okay at the status quo. And God was using his prophets to to interrupt their line of thinking. Prophets of today, you know, when you have a prophet that is 
heavily cool, involved in the culture, um, you know, super trendy, you know, super, everybody's super cool with them. I'm not saying that that person's not a prophet, but you have to question their training. You have to question who they're speaking for, and you have to question their ability to actually bring you a pure word of God. Listen, this is the reality. The prophet's responsibility is to bring you God's mind, period. This is what our role is to do, which is why at some places it can appear that a prophet is going with what's happening and what they see, and then in other places, they can be seeing something that, that no one else picks up on. You know, that prophet can sometimes pick up a strand in the atmosphere, a strand in the environment that no one else is tapping into. And as a prophet, if you're going to stand in that office, listen, you have to be comfortable with that. That, you know, Malachi, Hosea, Ezekiel, Daniel, the prophets that were bringing these words, Jeremiah, we just talked about him. He's a huge example. He had to bring a hard word to a generation that did not want to hear. Dr. Price mentioned in her teaching over the weekend that Jeremiah 23 is something that every prophet has to read and almost know verbatim because it was God's issue with the prophets of the day not being able to actually stand up and voice his thoughts. Well, you have to recognize this as prophets. Listen, y'all, we can voice a lot of thoughts. You have a lot of thoughts in your mind that run through your psyche yeah. as a prophet. This is why training is so important. This is why being uh, having a filter and understanding how to pull what you're hearing and pull the genuine, authentic word of God is important because your very job as a prophet is to voice his will, his intent, and his plan. We have gotten off of that and gotten into a, a mistaken prophetic identity. We don't quite know who we are, so we started off talking about that, that pastoral mantle. I have to say it again, prophets, we are not pastors. You're going to get confused, and you're going to confuse your message. You're going to confuse your purpose if you keep stepping into a mantle and stepping into a model that's not yours. Because what are you going to do when the word comes and it completely contradicts what your sheep want to do, what culture is telling you to do, what the idea of the day is? How about this? What the church is saying that we should do. Yes. I mean, have you experienced that? I mean, what that the reality is, this is what we have come to as prophets, that conflict of the hour is how do I be a prophet in this generation today? You got to go back to who prophets were supposed to be from the beginning because we were never supposed to change from that model. Uh, we have a different mandate now as contemporary prophets. We're supposed to couple with these apostles, fulfill their mandates, fulfill their commissions. We understand this. If you want a teaching on that, you can look at understanding apostolic prophets and kind of who we are in, this, in, in our contemporary age. But we have, a, we have the same model. Prophets are the mouthpiece of God. It has never stopped. That has always been the model. But we've confused that issue. And I think that that comes from people's mistaken identity about what a prophet is or what defines right. a prophet. So maybe we can talk about that a little bit. What I think it's, I have to do with, too, the teaching on this, the gifts and the spirit of prophecy. Yes. No, and that, uh, that distinction between you um, – Carrying, being a gifter and carrying the spirit of prophecy, but not having the prophet's spirit and not having the prophet's mantle. Those are big distinctions between the officer and the gift. And so because we're having that, I would say, that clash right now in the body of Christ, 
where it doesn't matter. You don't have to have an office because guess what? We don't need titles. Don't so need titles. you don't need titles. That means you don't have to be in the office. And if you have to be in the office, that means you can just be a gift. But when they're not recognizing, they don't get the backing that the official prophet gets. You know, they don't get access to the archives of eternity that the official prophet gets. So all you get is a gift, which means that you get it here a little and there a little. You get partiality. There's partiality there. And so I think that that's one of the biggest issues, you know, and one of the biggest debates. But really, it shouldn't be a debate because we know as, you know, prophets, the truth in that is you don't have access to God's eternal archives, which means you don't have real access to God's people. No, that's good. I think it also comes to the point that as gifters, you become more concerned about how the people feel about it. Right. What do they want? How can you use your gifts to be, if you have that pastoral mix happening, to be a blessing to the people, to right. give on to the people and forgetting who you ultimately serve. Right. We serve the throne. Right. And we serve God ultimately in what he wants. Right. And so when you shift to that, it becomes individualized and it's more orientated towards culture. How do we get the millennials in? How do we get the people to be yes. pleased? And we lose that backing altogether. Right. And God will not back that up. It's going to look real pretty to the people. Absolutely. He'll call them up and give them their social security number, right. the next man they're going to have, the next car. Yeah. But that's not God's way. Right. So understanding that the hard reset is coming after that fiasco that oh, we have absolutely. people running all across. I don't need to be under anyone. There's no, you know, no one's going to tell me what to do. The Holy Ghost will speak to me. The prophet's merely there to affirm what yes. I, my desire, my want, especially in the day of it's the, the, the right of the believer right. and what we want, what God wants for us, that we're missing it because this was always about him. Always. What's his plan, how he's going to work through his prophets and apostles to establish what he wants. Oh, absolutely, because you know, a true a true prophet is going to be able to articulate what God is doing, articulate his message, and articulate his meaning. A lot of times, you know, I've heard that too, you know, that people, you'll give a prophetic word to people. I do it all the time. I'm on the line. I'll give, I'll give a person a prophetic word, and they'll say, amen, amen, woman of God. That just really, that confirms, <laughs> that confirms. The reality is, and, and I mean, I love it. You know, I love y'all. Um, but the reality is whether it confirms or not is not the evaluation for whether I've just given you the word of the Lord. Newsflash, y'all. We have to understand what prophecy is meant to do. If you don't have the prophet dictionary, you need to get one, especially if you're a prophet. And listen, you don't just need to get it. You need to read it. You need to study it because a lot of people tell me they have the dictionary. You see one. You guys can't see it, but it's right here. It's beautiful. Um, they'll tell me they have it, but they don't use it. I, you have no idea. I, I run the book tables a lot at Dr. Price's events, and people will tell me, one of God, I've had that book for 15 years. I really, about time I opened it. You think so? You gotta open that. You have to utilize it because you have to understand your your the language of your field. Prophecy is not meant to confirm. It is actually meant to go ahead of a moment that's happening. So in other words, when Jeremiah was going out, he wasn't confirming what they felt. At the time they felt God was cool with them. They felt that they were being blessed. You know, his prophecies were to interrupt how they felt and let them know where God actually was. So many times a prophecy is going to seem out of whack. This is how I also understand, you know, Dr. Price to be the authentic article. Most of the time when I get a word from Dr. Price, y'all, I have no context for it most of the time. It hasn't happened yet. 
so she'll speak to me out of things that have not yet occurred. Last, or I guess it would be almost two years ago now, I'm in a situation where I'm in my home, and she tells me a few months before something literally that shook our world was about to happen that I needed to start looking for a new home. That prophecy was not a confirming word, y'all. I had no, I was not packed. I was not planning on packing my house. I lived in my home for nine years. There was no confirmation about that word. That that word was literally before time. It was it was it was from heaven before time. It interrupted my time. It interrupted my life. It didn't go with anything that was happening. It took two months for life events to unravel to occur where I literally had to move. I had to move. Now, had I not gotten that word, I would not have been ready for what God was wanting to do. I wouldn't have been looking. I wouldn't have been prepared. I would have been sideswiped. Prophecy is meant to shake your atmosphere because it's coming from out of time into our time. Why is this important? Because we have to recognize what our actual role and function is as prophets. I believe that when we start to get this straight and we begin to get prophets who, number one, know who they are, know what they're supposed to do, we can actually change the face of how people view things. This, I think, is that hard reset that Dr. Price is speaking about. She said this about the word reset when we were in Joliet, um, that to reset something is to go all the way back to clear out every setting, which is why we don't like to be resetting our phones. Y'all, have you ever had to reset your phone? It's, it's the worst experience. Well, actually, I, I gotta. I'm gonna pick on Joy Jesus for a little bit. It's not the worst experience if you have an iPhone, uh, because you, you have the whole cloud. All right, yeah. no, I, I'm just playing with all. From what I've heard, Joy has a cloud. Does Joy Jesus have a cloud now? That's what I heard. Yes, that is a true statement. I heard y'all have a cloud. It's powerful. You guys are coming up, but um, but to reset. <laughs> to reset, all right, it's to completely clear every setting that existed before. Listen to that. So if she's saying that God is doing a hard reset, then there isn't anything from the setting from before that he's keeping. It's not that he's throwing out every model that ever was, but the current setting he's not keeping. And this is what I want to read her words because nobody can say it better than her. But she talked about how, why the reset. And she gave some scriptures. I'm going to give them to you. Jeremiah 5, 31, Hosea 9, 7, Micah 3, verse 5, 6, and 11. You can catch this later if I'm going too fast. Ezekiel 13 and 14. And she said these three things about why God is resetting. Because Christianity is perverted. Because the church is overrun with the demonic. And listen to this last one. Because prophets prophesy by devils. The reality is this, and nobody can say it like her, but the reality is this. If we as prophets are not prophesying from God's mind, then that means that we're prophesying from everything else. And anything that's contrary to his mind is demonic and of evil, of, a, of an evil origin. So we have to recognize that we, we have to come into a place where prophets begin to get back on our original role. That is to be the mouthpiece of God. So if prophets were to ask me, um, how, am I, how do I step into that place today, I, I would have to start with the knowledge of your creator. Yeah. And him only. And I, and I would say uh, him only because I think something that's so powerful about the uh, heart reset that she said, um, actually, I think from last weekend, she stated that uh, she talked about Balaam. Yeah. And she said yeah. one thing about Balaam, she said that Balaam also worked for the creator, yes. but he also worked for the, the whole pantheon of God. And so I think that, you know, talking about today's prophets, 
we have to decide if we're going to be Balaam prophets, you know, yes, no, we're going to be diviners, or are we going to also only be prophets for Jesus Christ? Well, how about discerning it because you're in the Word? Mm-hmm. How about the fact that we begin to understand and know this Word and then, and know that if we're not standing in His counsel, nothing's coming out. Nothing's There's coming no out. way to turn people from sin. So you're just going to grab what culture's saying. You may not call it another deity, but you're going to grab it through your style of dress, what we permit, what we say God is pleased with, Absolutely. how God loves you no matter what. Just go with the flow, go with the culture. Then you realize you're serving a pantheon. Mm-hmm. I call it a poly party because you're having a, a party with all the polyistic right. gods and claiming that it is Christ. And then people, you can't, those who are being led by you can't be moved from that mindset. Mm-hmm. It literally takes that hard reset to even deal with those who have been led by those messages. Oh, absolutely. I mean, first of all, the hard reset includes us too. So that means that we have to be reset because we've had we've been dealing with a lot of infiltration as prophets of today. We got to be honest. Listen, breakthrough and freedom comes from honesty as well. We have to be honest as prophets for how much we have mixed God. We've mixed him with a lot of things. We've mixed him with a lot of cultural practices, a lot of cultural behaviors. You know, we're at a point where, you know, you could literally, if we were to take our model today, there's three of us sitting here, and and we're of one mind. We agree. You know, we all come from the same root. But typically, if there were three Christians sitting together, I'm telling you, all three of them have different beliefs about what God is and what he's doing. You know, I, I, I literally, I coach people, and I coach those that are Christians around the city, and it, 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 there's no telling what subject is going to set us off when we talk, when we have completely different viewpoints about where God is on that issue. Completely different. Now multiply that by the prophetic community. So now we have prophets, and you've got, you've got the three prophets sitting in a room, and all of them are saying they're prophets of God, and they all have different viewpoints about cultural issues. One of them tatted up from his forehead to his, his shins, okay? The other, the, other one, the other one mixes Buddhistic practices with Christianity and doesn't see a problem with it. The other one's practicing yoga. I mean, what? We have to come to terms with the fact that the hard reset includes us, too, as prophets, and that, yes, there are prophets that have been duped by culture, too, and have been duped by these other things. Because, it goes back to that beginning, we're looking at that pastoral model. We're trying, we're trying to look at the model of what we've seen to form the prophets that we're supposed to be today, and that's not how this works. We've got to go back to the biblical model. Remember what I said at the beginning. You must evaluate prophets. I hope you all don't forget this, and Dr. Price's resource, The Prophet's Handbook, is really good for this, but you have to evaluate prophets by the content of their message, the quality of what they actually say, and also the themes of their messages. We have earthly prophets. We have a lot of prophets that are tied to the matters of this world. Do we not? Well, I definitely that earthly prophets. I love the the part that you said about the content because, you know, this is the whole piece that Dr. Price has been talking about, and we as a church have been talking about a lot, and that is what are we talking about? You know, what is driving the messages of today? You know, is what's driving the message of today all culture crafted? You know, I like to call them culture crafted invaders. You know, we have mm-hmm. been literally, we're overtaken by culture crafted invaders. Yes. They are everywhere. And I think that's what Dr. Price is saying to us uh, today that right now, guess what? The replacements are here. Because what's standing in our pulpits today, that's not Jesus Christ. Because it goes back to what you just said, Prophet D, the content. What are you preaching? What are you looking like? And like Apostle Sally said on Sunday, we your yogi pants on. What is going on? 
we don't have we don't understand what's going on. You are not representing Jesus Christ. And I think that's the job of the prophet to be able to say and boldness and, and for us to be fearless enough to say, but you don't represent our God. And that content that you are preaching, that does not belong in these scriptures. That is not what the author of the Bible is saying. So feel it. Yeah, that word, feel it. Yeah. Not just when you stand behind the pulpit, but every day, everywhere. Because you're going to deal with people who don't know your God, who don't know your Bible, and they're wondering why we're doing the same thing. So being fearless enough to, to be flat-footed, I'll keep saying that, and speak to another who thinks it's okay to yes. practice yoga and pray and pray to Jesus because some Christian told them it was okay because it, God is into the universal God. He, he believes in that because he's a loving God, mm-hmm. and not a loving God wouldn't do this or that. And the reality is if you're reading this Bible and you're, you're making sense of it and you're getting into order, yeah. the hard reset is about getting into class. Right. I'm going to get some training. We can admit that this has been a riot and it is time to get a standard, to be submitted to the process and learn what it takes to be these officers, not right. gifters, but these officers, because that's what we're saying we are. Well, listen, we don't, as prophets, um, we don't have, and apostles to really all the, the fivefold ministers in your respective areas, but specifically prophets, we don't have the luxury of going by what we think. It's not about what you think is okay or what you've heard is okay or what you've derived is okay because this is what we started to do. I derived that this is okay. Or in my opinion, God thinks this about this, that, and the other thing. And because we have not had um, as prophets at that top level who have shown us a better example, then we've started to become okay with not actually knowing but thinking. Well, I think that God is okay with this. Well, I don't think that God would have a problem with my tattoo or I don't think that God would have an issue with my expression of yoga or I don't think that God would have an issue of my involvement with this thing and my involvement with that thing. So we're going by what we think and we're, we're using that as literally a platform and a foundation for our operation of this mantle. That is hijacking and I'm telling you God is going to take mantles back. That is not how we're supposed to use this. We don't have authorization to use our mantles in this way, which is why he's shutting the light off on many prophets' lives. Trust me, I'm talking to them all the time. God is not speaking to me. He's not revealing things to me. I am not dreaming. He's not downloading. God has every right to revoke his his, his revelations. He has every right to revoke his insight into the world of his spirit. He has every right to do that if you're misusing and abusing the resources right. that he gave you. As prophets, you don't have the luxury to say what you think. Mm-hmm. And you do that enough time and you end up being like Saul. So you're going to have to go to the other gods to right. get a word to get something from me or to grab it from whatever would be the mindset of the culture because that's the only thing that's happening. And I think it was Chief last night that was saying the reason Cain did what he did was because it was all about worshiping in the earth. All they could do is grab from what was happening here. There was no revelation coming from the heavens. So that's how it's going to be. So anything that takes you to earthly practice, earthly thinking, humanistic understanding, it's about how you feel. It's about the love of God for you. It's always going to be based on you and not him. Know the difference on you and not him. So that's that small, subtle thing that comes in. It sounds like it should be good. God wants you to be strong. He wants you to be powerful. But when it doesn't put him first, then you know you're, you're being feared. That's good. I, I, that, you know, you mentioned, you know, when it doesn't put him first, that you know you're being feared. You know, uh, the, the mark, uh, part of how we're going to know 
the prophets that are coming out of this that are part of God's reset is the way that they flip the pyramid in terms of priorities. This is also how we're going to know a lot of the fivefold ministers and those who are part of God's hard reset and those who God is replacing. Because recognize there's going to be both. God's replacing those who are not shifting with him, and God is installing those who have already heard what he's been doing and have been willing to be voices for it, have been willing to stand out. You know, those who have been separated from the crowd, especially those in culture now that are not saying what everybody's saying. I tend to pull away from what everybody's saying because usually it has a cultural edge to it. It's got cultural residue. And sometimes as a prophet, you just have to avoid those things. Is it that you're always trying to be different? No, but it's that you're always trying to hear the pulse of God, which is oftentimes different than the pulse of the culture. You know, what does he say? My, I don't think like y'all. My thoughts are not your thoughts. You know, so, yeah, it just comes with the territory mm-hmm. that when you are a prophetic vessel, when you are a prophet, um, you're almost always going to have a different way of thinking about things. I think that's one of the main things that I learned from Dr. Price. Yeah, um, She's so different. Her pulse is so different. When I first met her, I was just this young 19-year-old girl, and I, we were coming over from ORU. We were walking across the parking lot. She was uh, she was having a service really close to the school, and so we'd walk across the parking and we would go on Friday nights, and part of what drew us to her was the fact that everything she said, it seemed crazy, y'all, but it, there was a, there was a drug. <laughs> it was crazy because nobody was talking about it. You know, I, I think I came to her ministry when she was talking about this concept of eternity in the now. I had never heard that phrase in my life, you know, so I was like, eternity in the now, okay, you know, and she just talked about she had spiritual protocratics and and things that I had not, and the offspring of God, and, and, you know, and she she, she specifically made a distinction to say creator God, and there were things, and I was like, wait a minute, like, this woman's expression of God is different than I have ever heard. God is a person. And God is a person. What? And we were just going, and God is a thinker. You know, these were things that I learned, I mean, from jump coming into her ministry. God is a thinker. All these different concepts um, that I had never heard, and she was saying things that seemed, listen, so out of place for, for everything that was going on. Prophets are never fitting the mold because God is never fitting the mold. He is always eons and eons, light, light years ahead of where we're at. You know, when, when he was giving these prophecies, when he was giving Jeremiah the prophecies, remember, he was already ahead of where they were at because he had already viewed their behaviors and judged them. He judged them unrighteous. He sent a prophet to say, I've already seen the end and the beginning of your behaviors, and this is where I'm at. Prophets, you have to be able to ask yourself those kind of questions. Do a status check. Do I know what God's thoughts are on A, B, C, D, E, F, G? His thoughts. Not my opinion. Not what I think he should think. Okay? Because there are some things I think God should think. Because that's how I think. But what are God's thoughts? And can we say that with confidence? Can we say it with confidence? More and more our prophecies are becoming a little sketchy. A little sketchy. I feel. I sense. No, 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 no. What is God saying? And we get a little fearful about doing that because to say that He said it puts us on the mark. Listen, there is no gray area. It either puts you on the mark as an authentic, accurate prophet of God or puts you on the mark as a false one. Listen, there is no middle ground, which is why we get a little scared of saying that, and we've got plenty of people who aren't scared, and they just bold, bold, outright speaking lies. 
Yes, I said lies. Lies. Because there's only one truth. If it doesn't come from God's mouth, then it's not the truth. So we have people who are real bold about saying lies. And then I got my hairy, scary prophets that I'm trying to pull. We're trying to pull with programs like Christ you and prophetic in, trying to pull them out of the cave to actually learn the knowledge of God so that they're not scared to use it. You won't be afraid if you know. Fear comes from things you don't know how to do and have no business doing. So if you're standing up in that prophet's platform and you're shaking in your boots all the time and you're too afraid to say that this is the word of the Lord, you got to go back to the source and find out what the word of the Lord is. Because it's okay to say, I don't know it. I don't know the knowledge of God. I don't know his will and intent. I know what I think. I know what I've derived. I know what I imagine. I know what my opinion is. But to be honest with you, I don't really know because I haven't got a word of the Lord. If I could get just a five cents for every prophet that doesn't know the will of the Lord, I'd be a really rich woman because we don't know what it is. And it's not until we have people that come into our lives, apostles with mantles like Dr. Prices, that snap us out of it and make us recognize it's actually okay for me to step back for a moment and actually know what I'm talking about. And who's willing to train us on that, Mm -hmm. how to hear, how to pay attention to the different voices that you hear. You know, um, Prophet Adia just talked about the prophet uh, The prophet is always kind of antagonist to things that are not of God. You may have been like that all your life. This doesn't make sense. Why yeah. am I here? What's going on here? Instead of flowing with the status quo, pressing into that, finding ways to, to hear the voices out there. Dr. Price is shaking us in such a way that you realize what you don't know. Are you willing for the hard reset? And will you submit to the process? Will yes. you submit to training, to teaching, to the move of that, to learning the word, to be a prophet that really prays? How about that? Nothing happens without hearing the voice of the Lord. All those things that we may think we don't need anymore because we have such gifting and such charisma and we have a large following, it's going to take a lot for this hard reset. Many of us will have to step back and say, let me take a moment. Let me get trained so that I'm not leading God's people astray and leading his message. Because what, what have we said? We've left this man's church. Let, we all can say that from various places. Let's begin to think about what it's going to take to recruit, recruit and right. to make a difference. That's good. I, I'm part of that recuperation, um, I really do believe, is is God placing us in our proper identities and showing us what that really looks like, giving us models that we can really follow, um, helping us to get back in the word. You know, if you were to ask me, what do I do? You've got to get back into this scripture. And I'm not talking about your sermons. Listen, there's sermonizing and then there's the word of God. And as Dr. Price has said, the, the, the scriptures or the word of God is literally the, his truth. The Bible contains those scriptures, but it's just getting back to recognizing that it's your responsibility as a prophet to learn from the source and to know what his knowledge, what his will and his intents are. I keep saying like a broken record because it's not just about you affirming the lives of the sheep, uh, making people feel comfortable in their walk with God, encouraging people. Listen, that's a pastoral type of thing. And that's why I said what I said at the beginning. We are not pastors. Prophets are not pastors. It's not that it's not our responsibility to care about God's people. I I would contend, because we've talked about this before, and I think it's maybe worth talking about because, you know, a lot of prophets will tell you, I'm going to just address the other end of the spectrum for just a moment. A lot of prophets will tell you, well, I mean, I don't, I don't really deal with the people. I mean, <laughs> well, 
listen, that's an extreme mindset too. You know, when I met Dr. Price, uh, you know, she was she was coming into her apostleship. She was a a pastoring prophet at the time. She was shepherding her people, and she cared very deeply about what happened to their lives. It wasn't being a prophet isn't an excuse, okay, to dismiss people and treat them poorly. So if you if you have prophets in your life that are using that, either you, you gotta call them out on it or, or or bring them to some kind of accountability because that's actually not biblical. They care very much about the needs of the people. Think about Samuel. You know, he was a prophet that dealt directly with the needs of the people. But the reality is a prophet doesn't put the needs of the people above what God is trying to do and what he's trying to accomplish. They always remember whose they are and who they are accountable to. So that is part of the difference. You know, when you are confused in your identity as a prophet, you're going, you're, listen, your allegiances are going to be pulled. This is why it's dangerous that we have a case of mistaken identity as prophets in the body of Christ. We have to get back to where we understand what our role is and that we can clearly define lines. We cannot be afraid of lines. Lines are important. Lines are safety, y'all. They help us to recognize who's doing what and what their role is. If the prophets lose sight of our accountability to God, God loses a stream in the earth for him to tell us what he wants to happen. We have, as contemporary prophets, have to protect God's stream in the earth. I cannot stress to y'all how important this is. These are the things that I've learned from this woman of God that I've studied under for 20 years. We have to protect God's stream in the earth. When God was speaking to Jeremiah, he told him, he said, I am going to make you a fence. He said, I'm going to make you a fortified pillar. Understand the strength that he was giving this prophet. And there are, and, and Jeremiah is only one prophet story. Mm-hmm. There are many. He used his prophets as shields in the earth. He talked about that. He said, you will be my shield here. You will speak for me. You will raise this standard. So when prophets confuse what our role is and we begin to invite every other thought and stream to dictate our behavior, then God loses a stream in the earth where he can tell us what his thoughts and his wills are. If we lose sight of that, we will lose this man's kingdom again. And I think that that's where we are today. And Mm -hmm. Dr. Christ talking about the charismatic prophetic. And I think that's powerful because that's why we're here today because you know, we end up seeing this pattern. And she talked about all the way from the 1800s, but something that we know today that started well with just deciding that we wanted to be rebellious, you know, because a lot of these churches were birthed out of rebellion, but I don't want to look like that. I don't want to follow the rules and regulations, yeah, you know, yeah. of a traditional church. Yeah, good, you know, good. something we were just talking about or one of my group calls, again, as scholars, was, you know, the Dress Down Sunday, yeah. you know, that started, what, probably over 20, 25 years ago, but it was just birthed out of you just saying, you know, well, um, you know, maybe once, you know, once a month, you can just wear some jeans to church, mm-hmm. and that was just something innocent, you know, yes. because it was the whole push of getting more people into the church. And then that, I think that particular time, it was also seeker-sensitive services, yes. where you had the uh, contemporary services and you had the traditional services because we were trying to get people in the seats. And I even remember studying that even at ORU where they were trying to get males in church. And it was this church out of Texas where they literally changed the colors of the church to draw in more males, you know, to the services. Contemporary churches, 
they change the colors of the church, more rock songs and, you know, things of that nature. And then in a traditional church, it was more of the, you know, hymnals and things of that nature. But us deciding to literally what prophets, what we know we don't do, and that is please the people. Mm-hmm. And I think that term that was made, you know, that charismatic prophetics, that term that was made is why we are here today and why we need that heart reset. Oh, absolutely. In the lies we tell people that God doesn't care what you look like. He knows your heart. I don't, I, if I had five cents for every time I heard, but God knows my heart. He knows that I love him. So that means I can do whatever I want. We have turned him into what he's supposed to be for us. Right. And that's the part that he's, he's looking at us saying, where do you intend to take that? That's not going anywhere because it's always going to be a world about you. So how you dress, how you feel, what you think about, there's no difference between us and culture because culture is already telling us right. it's about you. It's all about you. So changing that, shifting that, and we're here to say that's the, we're in this hour. Absolutely. That's why the hard reset. It's no longer about you. That's right. Mm-hmm. And that it, it, and that it never was. Okay. You know, um, that, that very phrase, you know, we feel, Prophet Tamir, you talked about, you know, we feel that, you know, it's time for us to, to change this, that, and the other thing. Well, that's why you need the accountability of prophets and apostles, because we have to be the ones that say, um, we can't do this based on how you feel, you know, and that, you know, listen, if everybody's enjoying themselves, who's watching the house. So we have to all decide, listen, the apostles and prophets, guess what? It's your job to be the unpopular person in the room. Yeah. You got to be the mom and the dad all the time. Yeah, you do. You always got to be the teacher. You always got to be the principal. You always got to be the legislator because we can't all just be have buttons. Okay. Somebody has to protect. Somebody has to care whether or not well we're all having a good time if there's walls at the door. Somebody gotta do that job. And God gave officers to do that job. Hey, hey, hi y'all, prophets and apostles. He gave us that job. You know, he everybody else can have fun. But you, you have to watch. Okay, it's our job to guard. It's our job to keep the stability. It's yes. our job to protect. This is just the reality. This is what this is. You know, we are, you know, we always talk about natural-born leaders. If you're called to be a prophet or an apostle, guess what? You're called to always be the one that's responsible. Mm-hmm. You know, some people have a real problem with that. Why don't, and, and, two, going back to what you mentioned about just some of the cultural shifts that we've seen happen in the church, um, you know, part of that really comes from, people who got tired of having to hold a standard. So sometimes you have to even ask when you have different cultural shifts that are going on in your churches and why are we doing this, that, and the other thing, you have to ask where is that idea coming from? Like, why do you want to do dress down Sunday? Why? When you, and it ties back to a root of something. Well, because when I was young, we always had to do this other thing. Right. But did you ever stop to ask why you had to do it that way? <laughs> See, a prophet is going to bring wisdom. Dr. Price said something that really struck a chord with me when she was on the Majesty show. They did a brief uh, broadcast of her show. And she said, we can never forget that God is holy. Right. See, these are the things that an apostle and a prophet are going to bring to our attention because there's absolutely no reason for the other mantles to bring it to your attention. That's why. So you have to recognize the other mantles are not falling down in the job. That's not their job. It's our job. It's the prophet and the apostle's job to tell you, to remind you to revere God. It's our job. That's our responsibility. So why does that kind of heaviness and harshness have to come from our mantles? Because that's our job. Our job is to always represent him. And sometimes that's going to flow with what you want to do, and a lot of times it's not. And as a prophet and as an apostle, it's our responsibility to deliver that message, whether it fits with you or not. And that's what makes us who we 
we are. And that's why we have to have fivefold representation in the church. Because, yes, you need somebody to be like, come here, baby. (laughs) And then you also need somebody to say, I don't care that you're crying. It's still wrong. And you still got to fix it. You need that in your life. We need that. God needs that. And in that moment, he needed Jeremiah to step up. And Jeremiah's issue, I'm young, I'm not ready. He needed him to step up. Because he had an issue, he had a problem that needed fixing. What did he say? I will set you. He said, I put my words in your mouth. He touched him. He gave him his authority. And then he told him, you're going to root down for me. You're going to plant for me. You're going to build for me. You're going to destroy for me. Prophets and apostles literally sacrificed their will to the Lord. And we got to have somebody that's doing that, y'all. Because everybody can't placate. Listen, there's, there's a job for everybody. Didn't Paul say there are vessels in the house? Everybody got a job. Everybody, there's, we're all members of one body. Everybody got a responsibility. Well, guess what? If you're a prophet and an apostle, your responsibility is not to placate. You don't get to do that. And the reality is the more that we can accept what our role is, the more powerful we can become. Well, and I think the issue is that we have been placated, we've been playful, and we've had the top leaders for the pastors. They had no power. They had no authority. They had no access. And then, actually, they happen to not just even want to be holy. So this is why we are where we are today, because, you know, so none of, none of this is needed in this Bible or in these scriptures, you know, what the author put in these 56 books. None of that was being carried out because the foundation was not laid properly. And understanding the makeup of the prophet and the apostle is to be that way. Mm-hmm. To guard, Absolutely. to watch, to protect what the king has put in, in, in hand. And that's where we come from. So what we're saying is we fought for years for people to get a better understanding of prophets and apostles. Now we're telling you, get an understanding of their role, of their purpose, right. and the seriousness of this office, and the reality is we don't shift. Mm-hmm. We, just like God doesn't change, the prophet, the apostle, they don't change. It's period. Mm-hmm. And that's how God is moving in this hour. So this hard reset is about who's coming along. Right. Do you understand your role? If you don't come to understand it, or you're going to not hear from me, I'm not going to speak to you on that. You can go around and do whatever you want, because some of this stuff we're going to see is going to continue because it's a wheat and tear hour. Oh, yeah. So we'll, we'll, we can see definitely the difference of the two. Which one will you be? For some of you, as you heard us speak, your heart is like quick and like, oh, yeah, I want to protect this man's kingdom. Yeah. We're saying it's going to take that hard right. reset. I keep saying it because I like that idea, a reset. Flipping the switch, let's start over. Let's look at some things that can be kept, what can't be kept, yeah. and, and submitting to the process. Dr. Price comes in and she puts you in that mindset. We are to be protecting something, someone, his kingdom, a person, not a denomination, not a frame of thought, not yeah. gifts, but a person who has planned this all to take place, and he's not missing a beat. Yeah, We will miss a beat if we don't get in line. Well, well I'll miss you. No, I love that. I, you know, I, I think about the, the, the reality is, you know, as you're sitting there and you're listening and you're, and you're saying, I, I want to be part of that, those prophets that are part of the reset. And you're asking, what do I need? You know, it's not that we need more boldness. We need more knowledge. You know, we don't understand that we lose, you lose something when you didn't really know what you had what you were dealing with and what you were working with. Um, we oftentimes don't spend enough time 
perfecting the knowledge of God as his, you know, we're perfecting our confidence and we're spending so much time perfecting our strength, you know, telling ourselves that we can, that we got this, that no one can tell me that I'm this, that I'm not, whatever, that you actually miss the point. The point is that you actually represent him well and accurately. You know, you can always work on the outer things, okay? If you're a prophet and you say, you know, I'm not that good of a speaker, listen, those are external things that you can work on, that you can communicate. But what you can't compromise or sacrifice is the actual knowledge of the position. That's what you can't sacrifice. Now, listen, you can go to Toastmasters, right? You can get a, a book on communication. But what you can't step out and do is not know God and then act like you're in this job. Right? Oh, Jesus. That's what we cannot do. This is so important. You know, when we were first um, re- being developed under Dr. Price, a lot of the criticism that she received um, was that we were not being put out there. Uh, we were ordained in 2006. We trained, we trained with her for three years before that. Um, in order to actually be ordained. And then when we were ordained, guess what we were still doing? School and training and development and being, uh, we were being trained in the house. And she did not build platforms for us and push us out there to the people. And do you know that she received a lot of heavy criticism? Why are your prophets not have their own ministries? Why do your prophets not have this and other thing? The reality is this. It was more important to her that we actually knew what we were doing. Than that she could say and boast about the fact that I have three prophets under me that started three churches. The priorities were right side up for this apostle. She said, but you don't, but you don't know anything. What, what are you going to go out there and step out to do? Just because you can speak doesn't mean you have something good to say. Listen, people talk about a lot of things. And a lot of things people talk about is nonsensical. It's trash. Just because someone's speaking and they have the mic doesn't mean they have something good to say. You have got to work on the actual message, the content of your message. Prophets, hear me. Young prophets, hear me. I know I'm called to young prophets. I'm speaking to you right now. Listen to what I'm trying to tell you. You have got to perfect your knowledge and mastery of this man, God, this man, Jesus, because otherwise, It doesn't matter how many platforms you have, how many people, you will corrupt them with your inaccuracies. You will corrupt them with things that you don't know. You will corrupt them with your naivety and your ignorance. So you have got to master your field. Mm, I love that. And I love the fact, too, you know, as you're saying, you're speaking to young prophets, also speaking to them, letting them know that it's okay to master, but it's also okay to be different. Because I think, you know, as young prophets, there is a whole different uh, journey that you go on, you know, and I think we all could say that, you know, our lives were different. The yes. choices that we had to make as young prophets were different. different. You know, to, the fight to stay holy was different. You know, the fight to keep yourself was different. Hallelujah. And so, you know, those are, those are real things <laughs> that you don't like to talk about. They just think, you know, you just you can just do it. No, you have to fight for this thing. And yes. as we speak to young prophets, we speak to you to say, Fight to stay holy before the Lord. Fight to not allow secularism to take you out. You know, that it's not okay for you to join in the crowd. You know, what did Jeremiah say? I was called from my mother's womb. So he knew at an early age, you know, that he was called to be different, Samuel. He was put into the temple 
from birth. Yeah. So he knew that he was called to be di- uh, different. So if you are called to be that priest and this young prophet, you have to make a choice and make a decision now. What am I going to decide? Am I going to decide, like we say, a Balaam prophet? At a young age, you need to make that choice now because that doesn't mean just because you're young that God cannot open up the pathway of success for you. God opened up the pathway of success for Samuel. God opened up the pathway of success for Jeremiah. So that means he can open it up for you as well. But you have to make a decision. And don't use the excuse that I'm young and then I have time. No, that's not true. That's in the era that we are in, this heart reset means that, Dr. Price said, replacement players. So we, God is calling you into the temple now. So you have to make a decision that you're going to lock in now, that you're not going to yield to what you see your friends doing and your peers doing, and you're not going to decide that, you know, I'm going to do this thing when I turn 25. I'm going to do it maybe when I turn 30. But, you know, now that I'm 18, 16, or 20, or even 10, whatever age you are, God is speaking to you now. That means he wants you to come into the temple and be changed and transformed and learn of him at the age that you are at right now. Absolutely. And I'll speak to the other end of the spectrum, being a a pastor who's pastored for many years and pastoring, a prophet pastoring, chasing people off, not realizing that wasn't my role, you know, in terms of pastoring and not being comfortable with that identity and struggling for years. I'm speaking to you guys who know who you are or have some inkling that there is training, there's capabilities, there's a shift. That hard reset is to help you come and step into your full identity. You'll understand why you didn't work like the pastor, even though you were trained under a pastor. You knew this. This is what you were told to do, and you thought it was about the people and not about God. God will bring that around, but this is the hour we're all admitting it's time for that change. It's time to come in. I'm in my 50s. It's time to come in. You can come in and do it even now because they were here in their night when they were 19. I'm coming in at this age, thank God. I want to be a part of what you're doing as well, and we can do that as well. So it's a place where God is calling all of those authentic ones home who are willing to walk the process. No, absolutely, because the reality is if God wasn't trying to pull uh, those of us who are where we're at now to his future, he wouldn't be talking about it now. The reality is if you're hearing this message, if it's resonating with you and you're saying, I I actually can – connect with what's being said, God's pulling you to be a part of that shift and be a part of that process too. Because the the words that we're speaking is not for you to beat yourself and scold yourself for everything that you believe that was incorrect. No, it's to reset. It's to say, that was me. I was believing that that was what my job was. Wait a minute. Like I need to crack. I need to break out a book. I need to learn. I need to learn. I need to figure out where God wants me and what he wants me to be doing. That is the beauty of it. This is why we educate. This is why we are educators, um, why Dr. Price built the institutions that she has built to educate, to knowledge, because she used to say, I'll educate your devils off of you. She used to say that all the time, y'all. That was her thing. I will educate these devils off your life because it was so important to her that she helped people see God and understand God, that the clarity was going to bring change that the knowledge of the truth was going to bring about a transformation in their lives. This is the beauty of God stepping in and why we need authentic prophets, yeah. because when God begins to reveal his true will, it's not always to pummel you. Mm-hmm. It's also to give you an opportunity to right. shift. This is what happened in Nineveh. Dr. Bryce talked a lot about Jonah when we were on the road. That's what it was, y'all. That was the secret, and that's why God got so angry with Jonah. He was like, well, what do you mean? Like, my whole role is to bring redemption to these people to give them an opportunity to change their ways. Otherwise, I'm just a 
Jonah's issue is he forgot as a prophet that he was supposed to know the full character of his deity, that he was supposed to understand all the facets of God's personality, that it should have struck Jonah at his core that God wanted to have compassion on those people, and it should have meant something to him, that that's where God was at. So, you know, if you're hearing this, this is an opportunity. I love what God is doing with his prophets right now. I love what God is doing with his people right now because he's willing, y'all, to tell us before he fires us, okay? To give us an opportunity before he lets you go, before he splits you a pink slip, giving you an opportunity to get those numbers up, giving you an opportunity to get it right, giving you an opportunity to reset some things before you just come home and your office has a pink slip on the door. You know, God, I mean, yeah, some people are going to get fired, but there are going to be some people who get a second opportunity. A new chance, a fresh start to do it right. This is why we're on this kind of platform. This is why y'all tune in to Dr. Paula A. Price every Thursday. It's to get an opportunity to get into what God is doing, to fix the things that need to be fixed, and to transform before he closes the door to Noah's Ark. Oh, my gosh. Come on now. Are y'all hearing me? (laughs) Oh, Hallelujah. You heard the prophet. She said, Noah's Ark. <laughs> the door is closing. The door is closing. And as we were saying, that it doesn't matter how old you are, whether, you know, uh, as P.I.T. Mott said, you're an older prophet or you're a younger prophet. God's like, everybody, if you are called and you hear the voice of your Savior, you better come running right now. You better put those Nikes on and run the right way. That's right. Put them on. Put them on and run the right, the right way. way. The right way. But I, but I can't. I don't think I can stress enough. You know how much, uh, Prophet Tamir, you talked about the fact that you, no matter your age, have to be. 100% committed, though, that this is the path. You know, so we're speaking to prophets today. We said we were going to talk to prophets today, and we're speaking to all y'all who aren't prophets, too. We love you. Um, but whatever it is that God is calling you into, especially if it's in this prophetic role, you have to understand that there is no such thing as having one foot in the no. things of today and, and one foot into God's future. The, 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 the strength of the prophet and the strength of these mantles is that they are fully sold out and committed and right. fully resolved in their identity. Dr. Price used to tell me this often, you'll be stronger when you're resolved. Mm. You know, you'll be stronger, you'll be stronger. Your mantle will be stronger when you're resolved, when you've decided that you're all the way. The reason why Dr. Price is so potent and her mantle is so potent, has anybody ever noticed that? Literally the potency of her mantle, it's not even that she's just a strong woman of God. Her mantle is so potent, it's so full and powerful, and that's because when she was converted, she never, ever, ever, ever resented it, regretted it, or looked back. And she never sought ways to connect it with things that made sense culturally. You know, we have to resolve that. Contemporary prophets, we have a problem with that, all right? We have an addiction to culture. We have an addiction to wanting to be um, fully God's and fully part of this world, too, because we have a a fear of rejection, uh, intense. You know, we have, you have to deal with those fears as, as a prophet. You've got to deal with that. Rejection from your family, rejection from your friendships, rejection from culture, um, rejection from the things that you love. Because remember, when you are sold out to something, God comes after everything you love. See, you, what we have to recognize is it's normal. Like your, your love of the things of this world, your love of the culture, that's, that's the norm. God comes against that. And, and when you make a commitment, especially as a prophet, that thing gets severed. Mm-hmm. Everything you love, y'all. That's the point. This is why you need the truth of his word. But that's the point. What did First John say? If you love this world and you don't love God, period. So he comes after every love that you have 
And that's the point. But culturally, we're taught that God doesn't mess with anything anymore. Mm. And we have to come out of that. that. That, I'm telling you, that's part of that hard reset message of telling the truth about that. You know, the church today, if you listen, if you get intoxicated by the church messages of today, you're, you're going to steer wrong. And the only way to know if you're in a church that's intoxicating you with culture is if you actually know this word. That's the only way you're going to know. Otherwise, you won't recognize. So we can't just keep accepting that everything that's coming from the pulpit is, is the Lord. Because the cultural message of today is that God isn't trying to come against anything you love and that literally you're supposed to see the God in everything you love. Well, and I also think, too, because we are, you know, as the United States, a Democratic Republic, we have this other issue that is not a big deal. Because, you know, because we don't deal with God as a person, we still deal with God as he is an idol. So we have unresolved issues, you know, in our heart. We have unresolved issues in our soul. We have all these issues that we carried along and God tried to clean you up. He even sent your, your mom, your dad, mentors to really work on those parts of you, that those heart issues. But we decided that is not a big deal because we deal with Jesus Christ as a idol, and we deal with him as the fact that we are, as the evangelical church said, we are the authority. The authority of the believer is why the church is how it is today as well. It's also a, a very much so a contributing factor because we realize or we think that the issue is that, no, but God needs to listen to us, and that's why the songs are, you know, are what they are today, and that's why the messages that you're hearing on TV today, everything is, as Dr. Price told us, you know, they think from earth up, but we as prophets, we think from heaven down. And so we are saturated with that mentality. We're saturated with those thoughts. And we're getting in debates over dumb stuff. And your heart, you can't cleanse your heart. But you're like, but no, you know, but I feel, I guess it's okay for me to drink. It's still okay for me to sleep around. And I can still sing on the pulpit. I can still preach a sermon because this is how Jesus loves us today. Because we don't, and as the scripture says, there is nothing new under the sun. But this new church that we're living in today don't believe that. They don't believe that because of the mentality and also because of, because of this Democratic Republic, you know, activity that we have as Christians. And as Dr. Price says, as the church goes, so goes what? the world. So goes the world. But as we push for the authority of the believer, we push the authority of the king out of the way. Mm-hmm. The authority of order, the way he would have it done. Even in the government, you see what's going on with our president. On a regular basis, it's not a problem to say what we want, do what we want, even as Christians. And we've lost the idea of what authority comes from right. and how it's set. And God has set it in order for the protection, right. not for uh, binding us and keeping us in bondage. So the things that would con- be considered freedom for us as those who are, belong to Christ now seem like they're binding thoughts. So let's change it. Let's just kind of get laughing about it. Let's just remind you how peaceful it is for you just to be a Christian. Just love Jesus. Yeah. Just do what you can. Get along with where you are so they can see how acceptable Christ is. We're missing it. He never asked us to make himself acceptable to the world, but to the place that the world would really know him and who he is in his power. 
that I mean, that's everything. You know, the, the, the fragility of the human ego right now is why we're losing ground uh, as God's church. And the inability uh, from his prophets and, and, his, and his apostles and his leaders of this hour, our, our fear and our inability to break that ego, to come against the thing. So we have an honesty problem, which means we have a liberty problem. Every time that we cannot be honest about our faults and where we're at, we're going to have a liberty and freedom problem. So as long as as the church, and, and I say this because these are the things, prophets of today that are listening, apostles of today, these are the kinds of things that we have to be willing to address. These are the kinds of things that Dr. Price addresses, and she ends up being the stranger on the island that's actually telling the truth about these things that's coming against things like yoga pants and things like that. No one else is talking about that. Nobody wants to come against those things. The fragility of our human ego. You know, we are in a very self-indulgent society. Everybody is all involved in themselves. Um, Everybody's centered around protecting their truth and protecting their ego and protecting their expression of who they are, that nobody now can confront. We can't actually confront in honesty things that need to be changed and things that need to be transformed because people have built literally glass houses around themselves, you know, where you can't talk to anybody about things that need to happen. And this is starting to become dominant in the church. So from the pulpit, that's what's happening as well. You know, we're not preaching the truth. That means that we're not actually setting people free. We're not actually bringing people into liberty because there can be no liberty without truth. And so it starts with that, you know, as prophetic people, there can be no liberty without truth. You know, um, it starts with that. Prophets are supposed to tell the truth. Um, I've said this a lot. I've been teaching Sunday school um, for the last several weeks. And I say at this church, we tell the truth. It's important. We have to tell the truth. And sometimes the truth is exposing. Um, the truth doesn't always feel good. But the truth does set us free. So that's a guarantee. Now, there's one thing that the scripture speaks about what the truth will do. It doesn't say that it will encourage you. Um, it sometimes it does. It doesn't say that it will, though. It says it will set you free. Listen, I'm a, more, I'm a literalist type of prophet. I look at the scriptures, I see them, and this is what it says, that the truth will make you free. That's what happens. So if we want to find out how do we actually become free from a lot, because the thing is, Here's the reality, church. Let's talk to the church because this broadcast is for church folk, right? Yeah, we church people. We church people. Well, then let's talk about the reality that's happening outside the walls of our church because it doesn't matter to me whether your church has the most fun on the face of the earth, whether your broadcast is so fun and popping and that you've got 5,000 people. That, that doesn't matter. Let's look at what's happening on the outside of those four walls of the church because the reality is no matter what we're having fun doing inside of our walls of the church, the world goes on and they actually need this doctrine to set them free. So we can lie to ourselves and tell ourselves whatever we want between our pulpits and the, and the people. There's a whole lot of lies that just oscillate all around the church. We just lie to each other all the time every Sunday. We just get used to it. You know, we know better. We have the truth. We know better, yet we'll sit in our sermons on Sundays and we just lie to each other. Well, you know what, God, you know, God's not looking at that. This, yes, he is looking at that. Yes, he does want you to address that. But we're comfortable with all the lies that we tell each other, right. while literally the world out there that we're supposed to be making an impact with and be the salt and the light to, y'all, they dying of it all, all day, every day. They're not, they don't have this truth, okay? You do. It's our job. This is our responsibility. Prophets, this is what we have to face off with and deal with some of, the God, some of God's problems and his issues. When God was speaking to Jeremiah, I love that he tells them, he tells him, he says, go and cry in the ears of Jerusalem, this is what I'm saying. These are the problems that I have. He begins to tell him, this is the charge that I have against you. Then he tells him, he says, run, go and tell Jerusalem, this is what I'm saying. This is how I feel. 
prophets, it's always going to be our responsibility to interject the feeling and the emotion and the thoughts of God. This is why God's coming against his church. Ezekiel 9 lets us know God comes against the church first. This is why. He, if he has a charge against us as a people, this is why. Because we're comfortable with lying to each other. We're comfortable with all the stuff we say. And nobody cares where God's at on those actual issues. We don't actually care about setting ourselves free. So don't try to tell me that we care that the world's free. No, because we don't care about each other. We're too busy trying to literally cover our own sins by ignoring someone else's. You know, this is why God is dealing with us. Prophets, prophetic people, these are some of the issues. Am I, I mean, am I off base? Tell me, Maude. I mean, come on. This is the reality. And some of the things we keep pushing under the rug. We're not dealing with soul issues, things that keep coming up generation after generation. And we have a group of young people who don't really care about that because they're told God is okay with everything. And the churches that say that are multiplying by the thousands because it's always about you. So those things are changing the idea of what God really wants. And those who follow it will, will argue with you. We spend more time arguing within the body than actually being out there to see what's going on. The lives that are being at stake. The church is at risk. The kingdom is at risk. And we are at risk of obtaining our inheritance. So we've got to tell the truth. These right. things, God, it, God, it, it doesn't please God. He's not honored by that. Let's take you back to the raw words Good. and describe what that really means, not what you feel, not what your leader's saying. Okay. How many times have we heard someone say, well, that's not how my pastor says right. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, what does your Bible say? Right. You know, things like that, changing our mindset about what it is to be a new creation spirit of God. Mm-hmm. Wow. The prophets of the future, the prophets of God's next, we're going to know our God, and we're going to do great exploits. We're going to know our God. And because of that, we're going to be able to do great exploits. We're going to know how he actually feels about things. Listen to me, prophets. We're going to know. And that's your job. That's your responsibility. That's your number one job. What's my J-O-B as a prophet? Know your God so that you can do great exploits for him, so that we cannot fail this man and we can bring him the treasure and the reward that he deserves. Dr. Price talked about it being a Malachi hour. In Malachi 2, and even in the book of Malachi, God is speaking to his priest for having lost sight of what he needed. In 1 Samuel 2, he talks about the fact that he was crafting Samuel. And what does he say? He said, because I'm going to raise up a priest who's going to do it my way. When we lose ground for God, it's when we start mixing his way, when we, just, when we decide that it's okay to compromise God's way. Is God that hardlined about his will and his way? Yeah, actually, he is. And, and that's the thing. That's the truth that I think we have to tell. Is God, is God strict about how we actually serve him? Uh. Yes, he actually is. You know, with this, this concept that he doesn't require a standard prophet, if you slip into that, you're going to be part of those prophets that God shells. Mm. He can only, hear me, he can only use a prophet that is pure and is committed to his voice. I'm telling you, now he can use you to be a vessel of dishonor, right. and then he will shelve you. Listen, hear me on this. He can only utilize you on the, on the platforms that you're thinking that God is going to use you if you're actually going to speak for this man and do his will. And that's the thing. You know, that's why, you know, what we, we've been talking a lot about the culture-crafted church, culture-crafted Christianity. This is why we have to come against that message because we will lose the integrity of all that this man has built. And it's our job as prophets to protect it.
mm. not to squander it or compromise it. You know, so I, I really am speaking to those of you guys that are listening and that you know that God has been calling you and you're wondering, is it that much of a separation? Is it that much of a sacrifice? As Prophet Tamira mentioned, it's more. It's more of a separation and a sacrifice than even you imagine. It's more. The lines being drawn in the sand, you know, the hard reset. She talked about the fact that it is literally resetting and revamping. Um, you know, there's a line being drawn in the sand where Christian to Christian, we're going to find separation. There, there already is. I, I made the point to say in Sunday school, I'll say it again, that the hardest battle that we have is with each other, you know, with, with other Christ confessors, those who proclaim Christ and confess Christ, and that same, that, that same thing rings true for us as prophets, too, that the hardest battle that we have is prophet to prophet. You know, well, I'm a prophet of God, well, I'm a prophet of God, you know what I mean? And us, and us having to literally differentiate between each other who is who. Oh, God. And the only way is by the content, the quality of their message. Hear me, y'all. You've got to listen to what these prophets are actually prophesying, what they're saying. The prophecy of the prophet will tell you who they work for, what they know. Listen, what they know, who they work for, the clarity with which they speak, the articulation, the details. Jeremiah came with details. If you do these things, this is what I'm about to do. And he said that when he saw the vision from the north, he said, yes, I'm about to bring calamity from the north. The accuracy of these, that's why, you know, people get offended when we say we haven't seen that mantle walking around. I'm like, you wouldn't be offended if you read it. If you read what he did, then you wouldn't be offended. You're only offended because you haven't been in that Bible lately. You need to get back in that word and see it again because then you wouldn't be offended. You would actually be saying you're right. I'm not operating on this level. The accuracy and the pinpointedness of their words from the Lord is what let people know that they were speaking on his behalf. You know, uh, we were just teaching on Joseph in Sunday school. I love Joseph's story, right? We're just teaching on him. And I was amazed again at the details that he told of Pharaoh's dream, right? Mm -hmm. He didn't just say, oh, well, I mean, you kind of had a dream and there were animals in it. Um, Pretty sure there was a field somewhere. And um, you might have saw the number seven. No, 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 no. <laughs> He literally is able to go into detail and, and construct this dream and to piece it apart. What the seven uh, signs, what the seven um, goats were, or, or, or yes, the, the right, the cattle that was eating like other cattle. What that meant, what it signified, what they needed to do, and the plan. Daniel, the same thing when he was telling Nebuchadnezzar the details of his dream. Not to mix up those stories, but when Daniel was telling Nebuchadnezzar, it's the same thing. The clarity and the accuracy and the of these mantles were how you recognized whose was who. And what does the king say in Daniel's day? Your God is the, the highest God because of his ability. So these types of things are important, and this is what's going to distinguish the hard reset prophets. I know you all don't think that that day is coming. I'm telling you it's coming. And this, the reason why we don't think it's coming is because we kind of been making up our own rules for the last several centuries about what we think is God. And when you don't have prophetic voices, you can do that. We've had a lot of fun doing that. Have we had a lot of fun doing that? We've had a lot of fun doing that. And I think because of this new mindset that we're dealing with is it's not this deep. Yeah. Um, I was uh, just telling someone I was watching a preacher on TV and he was talking about different mantles that were coming back. And as he were, he was naming all of these, you know, big name preachers, you know, Catherine Kuhlman and, you know, Smith Wigglesworth and, you know, just going down Shambach and all these people. And I said, then I was like, but you, 
He finished, and he never named any of the apostles and prophets of the Bible. See, these are things we have to pay attention to. Yeah. Like, and it, everyone was standing on their feet, and it was like, yeah, and yeah, and woo, and yeah. I said, but you, you, you ain't nobody from the scriptures. And I think that that's what you're saying, that there has to be, you know, when you're talking about these anointings and all this power, this dunamite power and all these things, but we have to see some of the examples of the exploits of some of the scripture authoring mantles. Yes. We have to see, are you talking about people from the Bible? Because that's what Elijah showed, yes. right? When he, was, when he went up with the fire and the prophets of Baal, that's what Daniel showed. That's what Moses showed. They showed that they were backed by eternity, yes. not necessarily backed by the gods. I think that that's weird because then you know, if you're talking about Moses, he wouldn't be talking about the gods of Egypt. You know, that would be something that we would consider strange. Right. You know, that for if we are speaking and we're saying we're spokesmen right now of Jesus Christ and his throne, then I think that we need to see some of the backing coming from the mantles of the Bible. Absolutely. And how those mantles are meant to prepare us for what's to come, what's to come. Or the words that were coming out of Jeremiah was, I'm about to do this. And it yes. was many years before it took place. Absolutely. But he was preparing the people for that. And when she taught about the, the future, talked about what's coming, this idea of the reset is to prepare for a time to come. Many of us can't see it. It's like Noah's heart. Right. You didn't know. They didn't know the rain was coming. And when the rain came, they weren't prepared. So understand that sound is coming out for preparation for what's happening in the future. And all you have to do is see the increments of what's happening now. Right. And that tells us where we're headed. Which means we have to have eyes to see and we have to have ears to hear. Absolutely. And, and an interest in actually hearing those things, you know, um, an interest in figuring out where God is. Let's talk about that. Prophets, we have to have an interest in where God's at. We have to have an interest that extends beyond just things that would per- personally increase us. Dr. Price made a statement when she was uh, in Joliet teaching this past weekend. She said that modern prophetic is about the personal ministry and the ego of the individual prophet and not securing the people, not securing the generation. Where God is going next is to secure his interests and to secure his people for what he wants to do next in this generation. You have to come out of that individual gratification, and you have to be honest about your need for it. You need for it. Prophets are not pastors. We are not preachers. We're not looking for stages. You've got to come out of that and begin to divorce yourself from those types of things. It's our role to be utilized for God when he needs, how he needs, what he needs. When he needs, how he needs, what he needs. If that requires a platform, then we go with it. If it doesn't, then we don't. We serve at the pleasure of the king. That's what makes us different. I want you to embrace that. I want us as prophets to embrace our differences, what makes us different. Until I met Dr. Price, I never met somebody who who the distinction was so important to. She would tell us, you are prophets. Be prophets. This is who you are. I want you to be who you are. I need your mantle to work the way it's supposed to work. I don't need you to be anything else. As prophets, we don't need to be chasing uh, just the the image of what we see as successful preachers of today. As listen, that's not our role. That's not our job. And if we don't come out of that kind of individualized expression, we're not going to be able to form a general stronghold the way that we need to form. Part of God's future is that he's preparing us for a time that doesn't look like this. And for, to me, genuine prophets don't have a hard time envisioning that, right? Because as genuine prophets, you've already been there. Mm. You should have already seen that. 
Because you already have a vision of where God is going, and you're already down the street. I know there's some genuine prophets that are listening to this, and I know you can say, you can attest to this. If you're a genuine prophet, you've already begun to see the visions of how things will play out in the future. Uh, you know, as prophets, we should already be ahead of time speaking against certain things, rebuking Satan where we need to rebuke him, pushing back the hand of the enemy where we need to push him back, securing God's interests that people don't even know are, out, are under threat right now. That's our role. That's our job, which is why prophets tend to always, and apostles, tend to always seem like they're speaking out of turn, like, they're, like they are fear mongers or that they're, they're sounding some kind of alarm that's crazy. We've talked about this on this broadcast before. The reality is we're always seeing ahead at what potential threats are coming, and it's not just our role to see ahead, but to be there to speak the word into mm-hmm. that situation. God used Jeremiah in Jeremiah 29 to speak into their future. He said 70 years. You'll experience these things. And then after those 70 years, here I come. I'm going to come to not only receive you, but to receive your repentance, to turn you around, and to transform you into my people again. But he's saying this at the the tip of their captivity. It would be 70 years before that word would even come to pass. So he utilizes his prophets, and we have to recognize how we're supposed to function. If we don't, we're not able to be utilized for God effectively. I like that, too, because... You know, even looking at Nehemiah, I like the fact that what you're saying is because a prophet, not only are you getting the word of the Lord, sometimes you have to participate in making the word come to pass. And I think that's what I love about Nehemiah. They were talking about what they were going to do, but they wasn't just talking about it. They were what? They were working to make it happen. And a lot of times we don't want to do the work. I think a lot of prophets don't want to do the work. They're just like, well, I want to stay in my prayer closet like you were saying earlier. Mm-hmm. You know, I just want to pray, pray, pray. Here's what the Lord said, and that's it. But sometimes God's like, no, you're going to actually, you're going to be a part. You're going to do the physical action of your word. And I think a lot of times we just want to separate ourselves from the word. Say the word, but not be a part of making the word happen. Absolutely. Well, that's that you know, biggest difference between the gift manifestation and the, and the officer manifestation. And don't worry about it. It's, it's going to become evident as we actually need the power of God. It will become more evident who can wield it and who can't. Mm-hmm. Um, right now, you know, when you are in a, a peace time where there's not a lot of um, adversity against your position, you don't recognize where your strengths really are or how important it is that you have them. So if I don't have to fight, it's okay that I'm not in shape, right? (laughs) (laughs) Right? But at the moment that I have to get into a fisticuff, I'm going to wish I had lifted those weights uh, before and maybe had been in better shape for the fight, right? And a lot of times God requires you to get in shape when you see no fight, you know, to to get strong when you don't see a need for there to be strength because God is always ahead of time. You know, this is the powerful aspect of these prophets that they come, or these mantles rather, they're able to come and give us foresight into something that otherwise we cannot see is occurring, that we cannot see is happening. This I know biblically. I'm not speaking out of my opinion. This is coming from my own research of these scriptures. This is how God utilized these mantles. And that's why it's important that prophets recognize their place, how God is using them, and what he wants them to do. So the time to be strong for God's future is right now. You know, this is the moment for us to prepare. Why do we sit down and have conversations like this? Why does Dr. Price get up here Thursday after Thursday? Because she's speaking into the future, and she's speaking to those who want to get in line with what God is doing next. 
Right. You know, we're living in what's happening now. Actually, we're not even really doing a good job of managing what's happening oh, now. God. You know, what's happening now is the reality. <laughs> you know, what we have power over, what we can begin to influence and work for God is what He's what his next thing is, because he always is ahead of us and doing things that we cannot see to get in his business <laughs> and to ruin what he's trying to do. You know, God's always moving ahead of us, and it's, it's our job and responsibility to get ahead of that. Um, I wanted to take questions if you guys have them. So this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to open up for some questions. You can ask us about some of the things we've been talking about today. So I want to open that up. So I'm, pulling, I'm throwing that out there to you guys. And while, while you do, let's talk just a little bit about um, just what Dr. Price has been doing in this education arena. Because so many people will ask us when we do messages like this, well, where am I supposed to go and what am I supposed right. to do to be a better, stronger, more accurate prophet? And so I want to just spend some time talking about Price U today and, and just even the, the groundbreaking things that are happening, you know, with what God is doing with prophetic. For a long time, we had semblances of school, right? We had classes, we did the webinar thing, and finally, God has brought all of those ideas under one umbrella called Price University. And now we have the opportunity, y'all, to not just be sounding boards, okay, and not just to go off like we've, I've gone off today about a lot of things, okay, that are wrong, but to have an actual place and a centralized place to say not only are we sounding off about how wrong it is, we have a, a, a solution and a place. Um, Tamir, what would you say, or Prophet Tamir, what would you say is – maybe the biggest benefit of, of a prophet, you know, coming into a place or a program like Price U or even training, period? Well, training allows you, especially as a prophet, to actually represent God properly yeah. because you can't, you know, something Dr. Price has said for a long time, she says, competence breeds competence. Yeah. So if you're not competent, you know, in this thing, you know, called being a prophet, you know, representing this office, that means you cannot represent him in truth, number one, because you're not educated. So education, number one, is going to give you the confidence that you need, is going to give you the training, and it's also going to open up your literal mantle. Yes. Because the more educated you are about what you are representing, it's kind of like in any institution, you know, you go to school to become an attorney, if you come to go to school to be a teacher, you know, when you get into that specialized field, there's specialized language, there's specialized techniques, there's specialized procedures, all that you know not of, if you don't decide to go to school to learn of that, you know, that particular field that you want to enter into. So, Becoming a prophet is like any other, you know, education. It's, but now instead of becoming a lawyer or, you know, becoming a teacher, you're becoming a prophet. So guess what? You want the skills. You want the education. You want the articulation. You want all the, you know, the specialized techniques that go with the office. So if yes. you don't become educated, if you don't become an educated prophet, you lose out on God's world and all that literally that he created to come into your soul and your spirit, but not to just come into your soul and spirit, but to come out. So yeah, you don't yeah. want just, and, and when you're an uneducated prophet, you get 30%, you get 60%, but that educated prophet gets 100% of God's mind, 100% of his will, his thoughts, yes. his emotions. So become an educated prophet because you don't want to be a 30% prophet. Come on. Be a 100% prophet. 
Absolutely. I mean, we're asking you to go deep with us. You know, I always, you know, I feel, you know, the way that I see it is that this is the school for the gifted. You know, it's, it's those who are willing to go the extra mile who are going above and beyond because it's those people that are willing to go deep that get all the good stuff. Yes, you could be a surface it, all right? You can prophesy anything that you pick up off the winds of the spirit. And it, and, and it could be the spirit of God, too. You're right. just pulling off the things of the wind. But if you want to go to the level of the revelation and the power and the insight that these prophets of the Bible had that we all admire, you got to go deep. So I, I would say come swim in the deep with us because mm-hmm. at Price U, we're talking about all kinds of things, world issues, ethics, character, um, you know, uh, the uh, the effects of sin and how they have an effect on the mantles of today. You know, we're talking about all kinds of things, politics, the issues that God has with those types of things, leadership. We're going all the way into the deep. Prophesying doesn't even scratch the surface right. of what you can actually be doing as a prophet and the knowledge, remember what have we been saying for this the, the whole broadcast? Knowledge, knowledge, knowledge of him. And that's beyond just speaking what you have visualized right. or what you have picked up on the radio waves of the Holy Ghost. Right. No, no, no. It's talking about knowing him to the degree that first of all, your mantle can sit and listen to the whole transmission. The whole thing. Daniel prophesied the future, like the next forty something generations of kings and what they were going to do, and not just a small thing. He played it all out. That means that he sat long enough to get all the deep. And so, I, I, you know, Price University to me is an opportunity for you as a prophet to go to the deep things of God, to skate past all the other surface prophets out there that are perfectly happy being there, and you're not. And I know I'm speaking to y'all today. I know we are. What do you say to the person who says, but I have a Bible, I'm a prophet, God speaks to me, that's all I need to see. Oh, praise God. Uh, you know, okay, 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 okay. I won't say I won't say what my immediate thought was because I love y'all, but I'll, I'll say I'll say the filtered thought. You know, the filtered thought is this: um, you don't know what you don't know, and that's something I learned from my very own chief prophet uh, taught us that, and that phrase stuck with me. You don't know what you don't know. So the reality is, you are under this perception that you think that that's all you need. And my question to you would be, what tells you that that's all you need? Where are you getting that from? Why do you think that that's all you need? You need to be able to answer that. You need to tell me where that comes from because scripturally speaking, what I see is that prophets went to school together. Uh, Samuel instituted one of the, the first and strongest models of the school, the prophets. And part of that reason was that God did not want what happened with Eli and his sons to happen again to his people. Um, And so he created an institution so that they could institutionalize what they were doing. It was important to Samuel at that time that they brought officiality to what they were doing. Um, So the reality is um, on the surface, you can just have your Bible and your inklings from the spirit and your revelations, and you can like prophesy to the wind and to the mountains and anybody who will listen. But the reality is if you don't come under some kind of authority, you'll never know if you've tapped into the official branch or not, or, or you're just operating as like an independent agent, um, which can be fun for a while. But when it, when it comes time for there to be real change, people are going to be looking for those that are attached to some kind of institution. This is just the way things work. Right. Like I can complain about the government at the diner, but when it comes time to get something done, people are going to go down to this legislature. 
and they're going to go to their senators and they're going to go to their officials and they're going to say, what can you do about this problem? They're not going to care about me being on the soapbox of the diner anymore. That might be fun and entertaining to listen to, but when it comes time for there to be actual change, people are going to look for people who are plugged into the official state. So there's a nation state, maybe you didn't know that, but there's a nation state for us as prophets. And quite honestly, you actually don't have the right to decide that you're going to operate uh, independently because this mantle doesn't belong to you in that way. Now, if you're going to be a prophetic gift, then you can operate and express your gift. That's true. But the reality is if you're going to try to adopt this position as a prophet and call yourself a prophet, you've got to find out who you belong to, and you've got to find out where that comes from. And it doesn't come out of nowhere and out of nothing, and it doesn't have any strength. It doesn't, it's not a no-strength-attached type of thing. We actually come from a company of prophets. It's important. The point is any profession requires for accountability requires training. If you want to be an expert, you're going to want training, education, and accountability. And you want to be certified. You want to be under an institution because the, uh, being a prophet is not about you. It's not about your gifts. Okay. It's about what God is bringing to his public, what God is bringing as an institution. So if you believe in that, if you believe a lawyer needs to have have passed the bars, if you believe the, the doctor needs to be board certified or your other professions need to be educated, then we will put the time and the effort in. What we've done with this is make it about what we think, whether you do your little training courses on the weekends or spend time in your own Bible, the Holy Ghost speaks to you, but there is no accountability, no structure, no governing body, and we're saying that there is that. And the Word yeah. of God is clear. The apostles come in a school of this type will put you in accountability so that we are all doing the same thing for the king. And that's what yeah. is being shifted. Well, in order to replicate, you know, the model that God wants, and that's what he's looking for, we have to know the formulas of that model. You've got to know the scope and the world that you represent. Otherwise, you're a poser and you're faking. We've got to stop the hypocrisy. We've got to stop posing. We've got to stop faking. We've got to stop assuming these titles that we know nothing about. Listen, we're educated people. We need to act like it. You would be educated in every other realm. You, you, know, you're, you know, some of the people that say that have children, and I'm completely baffled. I'm like, but you send your kids to school every day. Um, and you understand that there's a reason why you send your kid, your kid to school. Your kid thinks they know everything. And if it was up to them, they wouldn't go. You already know this. I know that your toddlers try to tell you they know everything because I see, I see these parents say, you don't know everything. Shut up, little boy. You don't know what you're talking about. So we don't have a problem, you know, sending our kids to school and recognizing that they need to understand the scope, okay, of this world that they live in, that just because they have a mouth and just because they have vocabulary doesn't mean they know everything. And that's like it is with the prophetic. Just because you have a mouth and just because you have vocabulary and you can articulate yourself doesn't mean you know everything. Let's be the educated people that we were raised to be. You know, the church has – we have to stop doing that. We have to stop being hip- hypocritical. We would not – Uh, look at training with disdain for any other aspect of our lives, okay? In fact, you want training in every aspect. If you go to a professional, you want to see their certificate on the wall. Don't play games. We know that's the truth. When you go to your counselor and your psychiatrist or you go to your therapist or even when you go to your Walgreens pharmacy, you want to see, how about this? I'm leaving the cosmetologist if I don't see their cosmetology license on the wall. I'm not letting you paint my feet. Do you understand? That doesn't take. Well, actually, don't.
realistic skill because how, how about I go to have somebody to do it? But the reality is when I go into an establishment that even that's even as trite as someone painting my toenails, I want to see your cosmetology license. I want to know you're not going to kill me. So we look for licensing and we look for requirements in every single round. So if we could stop the hypocrisy, y'all, we could really take some things. We could do some things for God. Listen, this is what it is. We, you know, call it like it is. It's hypocrisy and it's ridiculous. You would get training for every other thing that you cared about. So the reality is, do prophets need training? They need training like every other office needs it. The apostles had to train. What, what do you think they were doing with Jesus? Like, what, what are they doing? Were they in the lazy river at the amusement park? No, they were training with him. What, what, what in the world? What did you think was happening? You know, how were they emerging? being able to receive a mandate like Matthew 28. How? Because they were training with him. You know, there was a, there was a process. So whatever that process is, you got to get in tune with that process, and that's why Christ you exist. For me. For you. All right? We are here for you. We talked about the Lord training in the past three years. Many of us think if we go to, like, a weekend conference, a, a three-week, six-week course, you should come out as a full-blown blown office. Mm-hmm. How about that? Let's talk about those types of things because people are out there thinking, but I got my training. Yeah. I went and got educated. Now I'm, I have a full well, ministry I'm working in. But the reality is we have no, no, no regulation, no rules. Yeah. Anything goes, and you really have no one to even di- dictate whether you're or behaving appropriately. Sure. You come to Christ you. We are liable for what we're saying you're able to do. Oh, sure. And, you know, we, I think that that's important to address because, um, you know, yes, our program is not a weekend. And it's not a weekend because we want to license people to be professionals and experts mm-hmm. in their field. So what we're looking for is that we want to train profits who want to be good. Um, you can – I didn't mean to say it like that. <laughs> Hallelujah. But we do, we're looking to train prophets who want to be proficient, right, mm-hmm. who want to be masters in their areas, um, who want to uh, to show their expert nature, if you will. And so that takes time, okay? So in other words, yes, okay, I can go and I can do two years of community college and I can learn for specific jobs and specific things. So, mm-hmm. you know, the weekend activations or, you know, the you know profit in a year. Hey, I'm not saying that people that come from those programs aren't aren't profits. That's not reality. I, I look at it similarly to we look at everything else. If I go to school for a year, I'm gonna have a year's worth of information. And if I'm sitting next to somebody in the same job field that went for eight years, guess what? They're gonna know more. Aren't they? If I just said I went in a year and I learned a year's worth of information and the person that I'm running with went for eight and they have eight years worth, you do the math. One year, eight years. Of course they know more. Of course they understand. Of course there were things that they learned in the course of that eight years that guess what? I didn't learn in the course of my year. When I was at ORU, I transferred. I'll give you an example. I transferred in my junior year from where I was doing pre-med, I transferred in my junior year to doing psychology. Well, because I was so determined that I was not going to graduate late, okay, home slice was not about to be there an extra year. I said, look, give me, give me the fast track. Give me whatever I need to know. And so I, there were some classes that other psychology students took that I did not. So are they more well-rounded in certain areas than me? Yes, because they took courses I didn't take. Now, did we both graduate with a psych degree? Yes. I did, too, and I'm not saying that my, my, my degree was powerful, y'all. Okay, I did in my classes now. Let me not give that impression. But what I'm saying is that because I came into the program late, there were courses I did not take and opted not to take, and that means that there's a piece of knowledge I don't know. I can own that. I can own that. Why can I own that? It's the truth. When we start telling the truth, what does truth happen? What happens when we start telling the truth? 
Yeah. Freedom happens when you start telling the truth. So when, when we're dealing with the varying levels of profits, just understand, ask people what their trading was like mm. so that you know what kind of profit you have. My God. Ask them what it was like. Did you get your certificate in a weekend? Did you go to activation? Did you do nothing at all? Did you stand in the presbytery line and someone said you're a prophet and you've just been operating? Oh, look, I just want to know. Right. Ask people what their education was, and then you'll understand the caliber of the minister that's standing in front of you. And that doesn't just go for prophets. Ask your pastor, too. Mm-hmm. Ask them where they got their education, okay? Because that's important. To, there are varying levels. Some people say, well, I've got a vision and I've been operating. Okay. Well, then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take that to heart. Right. I'm going to understand where you're coming from, all right? Mm-hmm. So it's okay to ask, and it's okay to understand that there's going to be varying levels of power and ability and authority and scope. There's going to be varying levels of scope. Is there not? Yeah. Okay. Y'all are hearing me, right? Did they have questions? Did y'all have some? All right, y'all. Sorry. We want to answer your questions before the show's over. There we go. Can you clarify 1 Corinthians 14, 5 as it relates to prophecy? Okay. Well, let me look at it, okay? Because they they didn't give the reference. Who, Who said that they didn't give me the reference? All right. So we're going to look it up. I'm going to do my best. Here we go, y'all. I'm turning. There's white space because I'm turning. I'm turning. All right, so uh, 1 Corinthians, right, 14, talking about the gifts. I'll read verse 4. He that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifies himself, but he that prophesies edifies the church. I would that all ye spake with tongues, but rather that ye prophesied, for greater is he that prophesies than he that speaks with tongues, except he interpret that the church may receive edifying. Um, so what is the question, again, now that I've read it? Can you clarify 1 Corinthians 14, 5, as it relates to prophecy? Well, I mean, the, the, the scripture is talking about what Paul desired to be active in terms of gifts in the church. So he's letting them know, I desire that you, um, he said, I would that you all speak with tongues, but rather that you prophesied. The prophecy was clearer than the speaking in tongues, which is why he makes that distinction. And that's why he says at the end of that verse, interpret what you are speaking. Um, So this is specifically talking about behavior in the church, because remember, Paul was trying to bring in order to things because they were starting a new model. Now we have years and years of a model of successful church, okay? Um, But they at that time were starting a model. So if you're asking specifically about that scripture, he's dealing with the fact that he would rather them spoke with a clear word that people could understand and they edified with that word than all of them go off into 40 minutes of tongues. Um, And I think that that's where some of the denominations get that from. When I was raised AG and growing up, you did not have tongues without interpretation, y'all. There was, I mean, if a person was going to speak out in tongues, the whole church was quiet to the person, the one willing person was willing to stand up and interpret the tongues. And the service did not move forward until that tongues was interpreted. And I think that that's part of where they get this from. But I think that that's what he's speaking to. Did you want to speak into that? Yes, too, because I think a lot of times we forget that even when we're dealing with the Bible, that we're dealing with specific times of error. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, in, in Paul's time, you know, he was in a mode of teaching and educating. Mm-hmm. And so specifically he had to teach them, well, you can't just be going up and speaking, and, you know, you can't be just deciding that you're going to prophesy or not prophesy, speak in tongues, and not allow the whole congregation to understand mm-hmm. what the Lord is saying. So yeah. I think, you know, that particular scripture is pretty simple. It's him just letting them know, but the whole whole congregation needs to come into your mind and know what the Lord is saying. Absolutely. And it was an encouragement and edification to the body. 
it really doesn't relate to the prophet and the office mm-hmm. of the prophet, which is the whole different uh, talk well, what we're talking about today. So it was just about edifying the whole group as they were together to feel closer to God, to see his mind, to hear what he's saying versus the prophet's operating in their office. Oh, absolutely. Because prophecy in and of itself, y'all, does not only belong to the prophet. Right. Prophecy is a gift of the spirit. Right. So, you know, people prophesy. What what you have to make a distinction about is what actually makes you a prophet. Um, Dr. Price's Prophet's Handbook gives a list of intrinsic abilities and faculties that help define the makeup of a prophet. It's on pages 52 and on page 53. It actually goes through to page 54 of the handbook, and I really encourage you to get that. Um, but prophecy in and of itself and the act of prophesying doesn't just belong to the realm of the prophet. The, the teacher prophesies. The apostle yeah. prophesies. Uh, prophecy is a tool and a resource um, of the prophetic, the world of the prophetic. Just like uh, a teacher can write, a doctor can write, a lawyer can write, the act of writing doesn't just belong to one specific career field. Okay? Good. Any other questions? All right. Can you differentiate a false prophet, a lying prophet, and a prophet who misses? Uh, false prophet, a lying prophet, and a prophet who misses. Um, well, you know, Dr. Price has, has defined a lying prophet as very simply as a prophet who tells a lie, who tells an untrue statement. It doesn't necessarily mean that they are not a prophet or that not a bona fide prophet. Because remember, the older prophet lied to the younger prophet to get him to come and to go home with him. Uh, the older prophet knew what he was doing. You know, uh, Dr. Price often speaks to the fact that a prophet knows uh, they choose to fall. They don't just fall, okay? They choose to err. Um, so the, the man, the older prophet, uh, became a lying prophet um, in, in, in that moment to test the younger prophet and his ability to obey the word of the Lord. Uh, the same thing happens when uh, God calls everybody to the meeting and he says, well, I'll send a lying prophet, you know, into the midst. So a lying prophet is going to be one that tells uh, something that is not true. To answer that question, I'm going to go to something that Dr. Price spoke. Aren't y'all glad I printed out notes? <laughs> Me too. All right. So she talked, <laughs> uh, she talked in Joliet specifically about false prophets. I hope this answers your question. I'm going to use the best of the best. I don't know anybody better than Dr. Paula A. Price. She really did write the book on this, literally. So uh, she said false prophets are defined by three things. Number one, saying what God has not said. So what that speaks to is a false prophet will say, thus says the Lord, and it's not true. This happened many times with the kings. Remember, with the kings and the, the prophets around them would say, well, this is what the word of the Lord is. And it was wrong. That, that was something that God had not released, okay? So they were defined as false prophets because they were releasing something as the word of the Lord that he did not. That was number one. And the second thing, saying something God, saying, saying God said something he didn't say. Now, that's also, so releasing something that God has not released, all right? So, in other words, uh, having heard no revelation from the Spirit and then saying, thus says the Lord, that's just saying simply something God didn't say. But then saying that God said something that he didn't say is a little bit different, okay? So, that's picking up something maybe from demonic influences or other spirits other than God and then tacking God's name onto it. Like, how about this, you guys, saying, well, God's okay with, are you sure? Okay. Um, and then the third thing, listen to this, speaking in the name of other gods 
to turn you away from the true and living God. All right, so in other words, false prophets come to, to plumage and, and, and pilfer off God's sheep by telling them that God is doing this. This is the next move. Listen, we have a lot of false prophets in the body of Christ today, okay, who, per, who are presenting themselves as speaking from, on God's behalf, and they are not. I think that that definitely falls into that category um, to ultimately turn us away from the true and living God, to get us to believe that Christ is something that he's not, to, to get us to believe that God is depicted in a way that he is not. To. Okay, so that's, that would be what I would speak to that person who has that question. All right. Should we call women prophetess or prophet? Ooh, that's a good one. Ah. Okay, well, here's, I can only tell you what my apostle has taught me, um, that in the scriptures, they did address the women prophets as prophetess, um, but that was also spoke to the culture at the time that the scriptures were written and how they addressed women. The reason why uh, we don't and we address ourselves as prophets, even though we are women, is uh, something quite simple, that we don't make a distinction lawyeress. We don't call women lawyers lawyeresses, and we don't call women doctors doctoresses, um, pastoresses, or anything like that. So um, for our apostle, it was kind of simple. She said, you're a prophet. Okay, because when, when because she's a, a, a word, all right, so when she's studying the usage of language and terminology, it's just not terminology that's used anymore. I don't know if back in the day they called them doctoresses, probably not, because women probably couldn't even be in those professions, um, but they're just, it just isn't utilized in the way that language is used. So it's actually quite simple, and that's why we don't call ourselves prophetesses. Um, I hope that helps you. Uh, sure, of course. So uh, for Price University, our, we have our entire application system online at priceuniversity.org. So you can go online and you can actually see step by step by step what you have to do to gain entrance into our university. We are similar to other universities. We have entrance exams. We require an MAQ and we require a BKS, which is Bible Knowledge Survey, and we require both of those entrance exams to enter into our university. We require an interview, references, your transcripts, just like many other schools, and you can see the step-by-step process by going and visiting us online at priceuniversity.org, and you can click admissions, and when you click admissions, you're going to see a drop-down, it's going to give you the information. We also allow non-degree students to apply to our university to take a class or two, um, and you can do that non-degree degree process by going to priceu.org, looking under admissions, and then clicking non-degree enrollment. Many of you have heard about Dr. Price's feature class, Biblical Psychology. That is offered on a, as a non-degree class. And so if you want to get involved, you've got to take this class. If you want to get involved in biblical psychology in the spring, you can do that by signing up under the non-degree enrollment, and we'll make sure that we get you a part of that program and anything else non-degree at the university. Now, if you want to do self-study classes, which we call our continuing ed program, um, those are just four-week classes that you get a certificate for completing. You don't actually have to go through the admissions process to take a few self-study classes at PriceU. All of our self-study classes are online-based. And you can just sign up for the class that you'd like, and we'll, we'll get you involved into that specific class. I love it. Good question. Good are, question. I have no are seers profit to a certain extent? Well, 
I think it's important that we understand that they are different, right? So um, a seer is defined by one who sees vision, um, quite simply, okay? Now, their seeing is a part of the prophet's ability. Um, Isaiah shows us this with his first six chapters of Isaiah before he has his big Isaiah moment, okay, where it reads of the song, I saw the throne, the train of his robe. Before that moment uh, happened, he was seeing visions in the fields, and he, was, and he was marking down what he was seeing. So we know from his life that he probably crossed over from the realm of heavy visions to the scope and the world of the prophetic. We know this because of how his mantle is then heightened and expanded once he says, I'll go. So um, he's got a really interesting awakening story. Isaiah has an interesting prophetic awakening story. It's really different than the others because for most of the other prophets, they were given, right, their burdens, and Isaiah says, I'll go. Um, but he definitely had seen those seeing heavy, heavy seer abilities. But I would say quite simply, a person who is just a seer is just seeing and relaying, I see. I see that the Lord is doing this, that, and the other thing. That doesn't mean that they're going to go into the scope of prophetic execution, interpretation, manifestation, miracle working, power wielding, and the list could go on. And those are full scopes of, of prophets. I hope that helps with that. Can you desire to be a prophet? <laughs> <laughs> but didn't your mom teach you when you were a kid you get a desire to be anything you want to be? Um, which is what we tell our kids. Um, well, you can desire to be anything. Um, the most, the better question is, is that what God's calling you to be? Um, I think that that's, that's the better question. Um, and not only is that what God's calling you to do, is, is that what he's equipping you for? Um, and is that what he designed you to do? You know, sometimes we can get so involved in the soup or spiritual things that we actually forget some of the basics. Psalm 139 says that he knitted us and crafted us, um, that he knows every moment of our lives and knows exactly what he designed us to become. Um, so that means that God knows who you are and will tell you. In Jeremiah 1 of before you were in your mother's womb, yeah. you ordained the prophet to be so. So it's not something you can just desire, desire for. and become. It's also not an ascension gift. It becomes who you are, your makeup, your prophet before you hit your body. Absolutely. Your physical body. So your, your prophet spirit, that is what awakens in you to cause you to be able to walk into that training, the process of becoming the official prophet. And it's not until you start doing the job uh, that, that that's exposed. Um, and that's why we encourage, you know, prophets to get that training because it's actually not until the requirements of the job start to hit your soul that you find out whether you were crafted. I often say that it's usually the people who don't think they're prophets that were are prophets, you know, that have been crafted in that way. And the people that I'm on the lines with every day that tell me that they, they know, they know, they know, they know usually are not that, you know, um, because a prophet is in your DNA, you know, and that's what she's speaking to from Jeremiah. You know, the prophet is who you are. You'll manifest it in all kinds of ways if that's indeed who you are. Usually, and just dealing with prophets the way I have and training prophets, their prophetic abilities are manifesting long before their brain is making a connection that that's who they are. Their abilities are speaking for them, um, and they're manifesting. Oh, yeah, kids, I mean, all the time, all the time, all right? All right, Ms. Norma, what do we got? What do we got? Do we have 
no more questions on the floor. All right, so um, we're going to take the last couple moments then to kind of let you know what Dr. Price is doing, y'all, where she's going to be next, what we got going her on, out. how you can check her out. First of all, you've got to follow her on Facebook. If, you, if you're listening to the broadcast today and you haven't yet clicked like on her page on Facebook, you've got to go to Apostle Paula Price. You've got to click that like so that you'll always be that you'll always be notified when she's about to go live, y'all. You cannot miss it. She's on a media tour right now. For those of you, I want to say this, for those of you who have prayed with us and warred with us, guys, we yeah. cannot thank you enough because your prayers are coming to pass. You know, God is sending her around the world. So she's kind of on a media tour right now. Um, she's just getting back from the Georgia area for taping on the Impact Network. She's got the Word Network coming up. She's here in Tulsa two times a week being broadcast on Channel 47 here locally, and she's about to be everywhere. She already has media dates lined up for 2019 where she's going to be on, on broadcast, well-known broadcast. So God is doing tremendous things with her life right now. We want to thank you guys for all that you've done to support Dr. Price and what she's doing because your support matters. And I want to give you an opportunity uh, to sow, all right? I, we, we never want to leave this show without giving you an opportunity to sow into her life and to sow into her ministry because I'm telling you, she's that change agent that's changing the game. She's changing the game for how we think about everything. So 918-608-1378 to give, 918-608-1378. And I know that some of my faithful Paul Price shows listeners will put that on for us. Definitely take a moment, sow a seed today into this ministry and into what God is doing with Dr. Price's life because her courage and her willingness to kind of get out there and be forerunners is paving the way for us. You know, we always say that about people we admire. Well, they paved the way for me, so and so paved the way for me. I feel that way about Dr. Paula Ann Price, okay? She's paved the way for us as prophets to come and stand and be bold in what we're doing. She's paved the way for a lot of you. So take a moment to sow a seed into what God is doing because she's been traveling and she's doing all these media engagements. Upcoming here in, um, let's see, in November, right, we have our very own Apostleship Summit that's coming up. It is the 15th, around that area. It's a week before, thank you, 13th. 13th, thank you. See, I have friends. 14th. the 17th. Right? 14th, November 14th. Well, let me tell you this. It kicks off November 14th on Wednesday, um, and we are going to take from the, from Wednesday through Saturday, and you can stay over with us on Sunday. We're going to train in apostleship right here in Tulsa, and you do not want to miss out on that. So you can go to drpaulaprice.com to get registered for the Apostleship Summit because God is doing tremendous things uh, with us here. So she's going to be doing that in October. She's going to be doing some traveling and, and again on more networks in October. So we want you to get in tune with everything uh, that God is doing with our apostle. Uh, visit her online, drpaulaprice.com is the website, drpaulaprice.com is the website, and that's where you can find her online and learn about everything that she's doing. You can click join now to the web, to the web uh, mailing list, and you can also get a free webinar if you visit us online as well, drpaulaaprice.com. You can get a free webinar um, so that you can stay in tune with everything that God is doing with our apostles. She's moving and she's shaking, and we're excited about what she's doing. For all the information that we said before about Price University, you can visit priceuniversity.org to get all of those details, y'all. Um, priceuniversity.org is how you can get connected with all the training and all the classes. Some of you guys asked about our self-study program. We're going to be releasing our schedule in September. So if you are wanting to take those four-week self-study classes, then you can get in tune with those in September. We are rolling with fall semester right now. We're already rolling. It's um, but 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 I will say this. 
it's not too late to get involved in biblical psychology this semester if you want to take it this go round. But listen, you have to call us today. You can call us today, 877-419-1299, 877-419-1299. If you want to get involved in that bid psych class this semester, it's not too late, but you got to call me today. you got to let us know that you want to be involved before we get out of this week of classes. Once this week of classes is gone, we're probably going to close that class because it becomes very difficult to make up a week's worth of work, all right? But it's not too late right now if you want to join in on that. And, again, you can give us a call at 877-419-1299. I don't think I forgot anything. Did I forget anything? All right. I think we did it, y'all. We did it. We did it. No, Dr. Paul Price has very hard shoes. She has very big shoes to fill. But we are we, we love to do a broadcast for you guys, and we try to make sure that we have content coming at you every single Thursday. So this has been Prophet Adia Peterson with my trusty cohort, PIT Mod McCullough. We're signing off for today. Don't forget to catch Dr. Price on Sunday. Catch her on Sunday for the Congregation of the Mighty. We'll see you all next time.